Welcome to 2023. Kurt Spenrath, returning guest after however many years it's been, maybe three or four or five years since the last time we've chatted. Yeah, I know. There's uh, there's enough crazy stuff has accumulated in the world that we can uh, we can wax poetic and solve the problems of the world once again. Right, obviously, we did such a good job last time. <laughs> last time. Last time. Uh, not just last time, but last time we talked, you were like, yeah, I just can't. I, there's, I, there's, there's certain things I can't talk about. And I'm like, Kurt, we're buds. Let's just talk. Like, but we don't have, we don't have to talk. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to do podcasts. And I'm like, just to talk to my, my friend. I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to talk to my friend. Well, there's one big crazy thing I'm not allowed to uh, talk about for the time being, mm -hmm. but uh yeah, we'll, but other than that, I yeah, can we'll go be, crazy. Yeah, we talk about every every other thing, man. I love, yeah, don't worry, I love, I'm not accused of any crimes or anything. It's, uh, I, I love. I, I haven't love been caught like railing coke in a kindergarten or anything yet. Caught, <laughs> caught. I haven't been caught. <laughs> As if I'm, I'm 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 one of the great teetotalers of this world. I. Uh, my joke about cocaine is that it's the drug that makes people feel like they're me. <laughs> that's that's how I alienate people before we even start talking. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I don't know what cocaine makes you feel like, but um, if there was a drug that made people feel like me, I'd be wanting everyone to have it. I'd want everyone to have that drug because being me is awesome. I love it. I want everyone else to, I want everyone else to feel as, uh, as like, kind of like like they're heading in the direction like they're constantly heading like dude that's, almost... that's why you're the champ that's why you have the belt man right it's that, that, uh, <laughs> it's that wish it, it will it wanted attitude and it really feels you know like sometimes they go like oh you it sucks to 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 never realize you're in the good old days till you're not in them anymore and um i i don't feel like i've ever not been mostly in the good old i mean there's struggles there's times that things suck and you know here and there but i can find all of the joy in all of these moments yeah. and all the like all the gratitude i have for having these experiences and making me into the guy that i am and turning me into the person i will eventually be uh yeah i've 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 been pretty lucky that way i mean uh you know i've had i've had a few specific instances of poor luck but generally my life has been a blast. Uh, you know, I, I, I get to create things for a living. I get to talk to interesting people and, and it's my job. Like what a, what a wonderful way to fumble through the world. Just yeah. always, always trying to be the least intelligent person in the room. <laughs> well, 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 there's trying and then there's like, being <laughs> sometimes sometimes there's trying and then there's never never telling anybody that you are trying just accidentally stumbling like having the group figure it out <laughs> <laughs> having the, the entire room 
go, oh, we all know that that's the guy that's not the smartest of us all. But you know yeah, what? I mean, there, is, there is a certain torture, though, to being uh, on the other side of that and being in a room where you don't have anyone else that you can go. <laughs> if, you know, if, you're ever, if you're ever in a room where you're not you're not conspiring with other people and being like, check out this friggin' idiot. You're the friggin' idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just a room full of nice people, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. How does that? No. <laughs> it's terrible. So I, so the, you know, I, I noticed that the show's called evolving and I had mm -hmm. a, a day long fascination uh, with a topic that I keep dipping back into over and over again. The, the idea that, uh, we're entering a period of like profound cultural atavism where, where we're all de-evolving, you know? And well, you know, I, I use the example that tw 20 years ago, you could fly from New York to Paris in three hours on a Concorde. Now that's impossible. And uh, there's crazy little stats that I was looking at today. Um, you know, like leafing through, um, the Harper's Index, uh, fewer adults than ever before are able to ride a bicycle and the number seems to be falling. Um, uh, the, average, the average amount of time that a person under 50 spends with their friends every week is now three hours. Um, this, is, this is some rough, crazy weird stuff um the number the number of uh the number of americans uh that believing that believe their house has a ghost living in it is higher for people under 30 than people over 60 like what's what's happening man somewhere there's like a huge education system failing and well I we're just slowly getting dumber statistically I I think the the society is one full of like it used to be like you got to do these things because otherwise you'll be bored. So hang out with your friends or otherwise <coughs> you'll be bored or go ride a bike or otherwise you'll be bored. Now there's never boredom. Boredom doesn't happen. You can always consume something. You can always scroll through something. So the the the, the moments where in society, you'd go and do those things to entertain yourself. You don't need to do those things to entertain yourself anymore. You can you can remain entertained constantly and never have to leave your couch. Yes, and it's it's um, you know I was I was I was a big fan of of legalizing um, you know cannabis and cannabis products in Canada. I think it's great that we you know you never have to walk more than 10 minutes to find a dispensary in any major city in the country and has anyone made the joke cannabis cannabis has anyone made that <laughs> joke yet am i the first, the uh, first I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure many people on the west coast have because that's where okay. the best weed comes from but uh but my right. critique well, of my critique of marijuana has always been that too where it's like it's another thing that kills boredom without requiring you to actually do something. And if you want to talk about what is the harm of it, that's exactly the harm. And, you know, if you're profoundly ill, if you're a shut in or whatever, 
what a godsend that is. But man, if you're like 20 years old and you're at that age where you should be figuring stuff out and inventing stuff, taking the world by storm, creating your identity, and you're just passively curing boredom, whether it's weed or technology or whatever, uh, stop it. Do something crazy. You know, Go cliff diving. Do, do anything else. <clears throat> I'll speak from personal experience. I'm, I'm one of... Uh, distractibility. I'm a distractible boy, very distractible boy. Um, I, I, I've been, I've been maybe, maybe smoking for five years, maybe like not, not, I haven't been smoking my entire life. I've just been doing it for maybe the last five years. And I think that it's been helping with me kind of like, I got rebuilding some of my, like my Interesting. My, uh, traumatic, you, you traumatic, my traumatic brain injuries that I've got. And I just want to, kind of head in the right direction. And uh, I think, I think that, well, see, see, it's a double-edged sword on that because, because I have that and I feel like that's healing me and helping me in a lot of ways, but it also demotivates me and it keeps me distracted. So I have to, I have to pick my time. I have to pick and choose when, when's ideal for me. So it'll be like when I know I'm in for the night and I know I'm going nowhere else, and I know I don't have to be somewhere and I don't have to do anything like I'll, 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 I'll toke up a little bit and record a podcast sometimes. But, but <laughs> like, like tonight. Not, no, that's tonight. I have not. No, but I mean, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, I'm a non-user in a very Canadian sense, which means that I don't smoke pot unless uh, you can see the stars on a long weekend. Then, uh, then, uh, you know, Nobody loves a Puritan. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say I, I'm using it. I'm using it for medical purposes. And uh, uh, it would be considered recreational. But at the same time, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very conscious of being a, a good example. I don't want to be a poor example of a pothead. Like, sure, I'm a, uh, I, I, I smoke, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a stoner. But like. I don't want that to automatically let me lose legitimacy in a point that I'm trying to make. Like I, like I, I've told the story before, but I was, I was at a show. I was at a show and uh, I, I just went out, out in the parking lot and I smoked with a couple of the wrestlers, like after my match was over and I didn't have to do anything else. And the, it was during the main event. Right. So I was sitting next to another worker and and uh, I wasn't saying anything for a long time. And then he looked at me and he's like, you all right, dude? And I was like, yeah, I just, I just went outside and I smoked a little. And then like something happened. Something happened in the, in the main event, like whatever the finish was. And they, to look at me and go, okay, I want your expert opinion on what this was. And I'm going to give it to you because I'm going I'm to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat my own back. I'll hold my own ladder up here for a second. Uh, I want to acknowledge that I'm a 20 year vet. I've been doing this for 20 years. So yeah, you, like, you, you, I, you, you, I, you know, you know your way around the square I, circle. I've, I've, I've earned being able to comment on what a main event was and what, why it could have been different or what, what went wrong or what went right. All that stuff. I have the ability to do that. And so I started talking to the, to the other wrestler about, you know, how this was kind of weird, but like, you know, I, I, I kind of get it, but like, it could have been, tweaked a little bit this way or that way. And they were like, eh, you're high. 
And I was like, all right, well, not telling anybody else I'm ever high when I am because. Well, and it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, like I said, I have a, I have, I have a layered perspective on this. Like anything, it's a tool that you can use. And it's like uh, the, the, the late, great Del Close, one of the, one of the founders of Second City, uh, used to always have a thing where when you wrote comedy, you would write it while you were completely sober, but then you do uh, a drug run where you, you know, smoke a little, have a few drinks, whatever your poison was, and do it so that you can relax into the material, find the space, find, you know, the, the, the breathing room in it, because there's nothing worse than comedy that is fucking relentlessly in your face. You know, it's, I, I, it's, I, it's I kind of unwatchable. That. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, um, what's the guy's name? Del, Del what? Del Close. Del Close. Second City, yeah. Chicago. Yeah, he, he um they they um they made a movie where they brought him up recently uh well in the last i don't know five six years um it was mike birbiglia wrote and directed a movie called don't think twice and it was about improv and uh it had uh keegan michael key was in it and uh gillian jacobs was in it um it was it was really good i can't i can't uh recommend it more so well dell's uh, dell's kind of the godfather you know like i'm one generation removed from him because you know one of his star pupils was dana anderson who is the guy that i started off with that i'm still great friends in worship is one of the great comic geniuses of our generation um <laughs> And I was I was there when Mike Myers had to apologize for him for uh, stealing characters from him. <laughs> Wait, so Mike Myers Mike Myers stole characters from Second City from Del Close and no from Dana Anderson who was from Dana Anderson. My, oh, from a oh. lot of people. Um, who was it? Um, Tim Sims was the guy that invented Fat Bastard. That was his original character. I don't want to relitigate this because Mike Myers has apologized to everyone involved and been really cool about it and has turned out to, you know, be kind of a nice guy. But yeah, a lot of his characters that it's like, yeah, it's based on a German waiter in Toronto. Um, you know, my buddy was doing it on a different show th four years before he ever met him and recorded the song Touch My Monkey years <laughs> before he ever even was introduced <laughs> to mike myers you know but uh yeah oh. sorry i don't mean to, i don't mean to rehash that 20 year old gossip and shit on a uh, a totally nice guy sorry sorry mike myers if you and i assume that you do watch the court oh he's a subscriber he 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 comments on the youtube all the he, time yeah he better be yeah. he better yeah. be he's He's going to understand. He knows what a big fan of, of, of SNL I am. Of course, you can see. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Huge, huge, fan of S huge fan of SNL. Huge fan of Wayne's World. Wayne's World was and still is one of like my all-time favorite movies. I could quote it for hours and hours. I, 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 do, I do have a critique of Saturday Night Live, though. What's that? Uh, I think being live is its greatest enemy because they're constrained by the size of the studio. Which means that sketches can't all be their natural length. You have a finite number of sketches that has to fill uh, 66 minutes of TV time. Mm. 
mm-hmm. minus whatever nine minutes for music or whatever it is. So you, you, you wind up getting screwed by the liveness of it. Like to me, a lot of the best SNL stuff is the digital shorts. Well, yeah, where like, they can it kind of be have, any it doesn't all have to be, be live anymore like yeah it doesn't necessarily like even even though it is saturday night live saturday night live i'm not my, watching it live when it happens because my favorite thing is on my dvr i'll watch it later my favorite thing saturday night live has done in the last five years was the parody of joker with david harbour as oscar the oh the, the, the oscar the grouch yeah that was a, oh that my was god amazing. that was oh funny and so just on point and yeah you know raising the exact objection legitimate objection to a piece of art without ever saying it out loud yeah it was awesome it was was a beautiful bit it was a beautiful bit and it was like i I watched that i was like okay david harbour's a cool guy i i'd like to be friends with him (laughs) i don't think i've ever (laughs) i don't think i've ever fallen off of my fandom of SNL, like everybody who everybody else who says like they're fans of it, they're like, oh, it was best when, when this guy and that guy and this guy. And the, sure, it was great, but that doesn't mean it was the best. If you stopped watching it because there was a moment when you stopped liking it or you thought it wasn't funny, like you're. Well, like, I mean, you, some of the some of the worst years of Saturday Night Live also coincided with the years that Eddie Murphy was a cast member. You know, like there's right. there's always right. something going on. There's some diamond in the rough hiding in there. I gotta say, I thought Mad TV was funnier, more oh, more TV consistently. Yeah, um, Mad TV was great, dude. Will Sasso, Will Sasso, top notch. Like you can't, you you just can't top him. There's no way there, you can't. I mean, you could tell that like he he's genuinely a funny guy and if you listen to his podcast uh if, watch it on youtube i'm gonna i'll put it over here on my oh, show man, yeah the show is called dudesy and it's it's uh him and this guy named chad colchin and they they have their show is completely run by an ai named dudesy and dude <laughs> dudesy formats out the entire show and he like makes up all these games for them to play and gives them challenges and it's amazing i love it so uh if you get an opportunity, check out Dudesy. Please do. Z. And, and uh, a- a- tell, all, tell all your is, friends. AI, is that is that something we have to uh, we have to dive into? Could we? Wild, man. It's uh, Well, you know, it's, uh, I was just reading an article today on Deutsche Welle. The, um, <laughs> you're American. You probably don't watch German news or, or read european news <laughs> you, dude kurt you know what's really funny about it? anytime we we ever talk it's like it's like you'll you'll put yourself down and be like i'm always the biggest idiot in any room i'm in and then you say it's the smart shit that i have no idea what you're talking about and i'm like i'm okay. not gonna talk i'm not gonna talk about myself like i'm a dingbat i'm not gonna talk about myself like i'm a dingus or a jerk or an idiot <laughs> But, but, okay, uh, uh, Deutsche Welle, it's the English language service of the National Public Broadcaster of Germany. Uh, just had a great article on um, the Chinese starting to use AI in the court system. And it sort of started off with using AI to look up documents in real time in like financial fraud cases. And then it kind of moved into letting AI run traffic court. 
because I guess all the tickets are on cameras there and the AI can be like, yes, no, that's the decision. And now they've moved it into sentencing. And the AI is what makes sure that you have uniform sentencing all across the country. You know, which, you know, is, is a problem in any country that is more than two time zones big. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's, a, that's a muddy hill, dude. That's a muddy hill. Yeah, dude, I mean, the, the U.S., you can, you know, smoke pot in California and do mm-hmm. a dime in some southern states. It's wild. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting. And, and the, 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 I'm less afraid of AI than I am of stuff that's almost AI. You know, because a computer algorithm for... 30 years now is what decides whether you get a mortgage. You know, it, it picks who can and can't own their own home. The area, the era of a bank manager being anything more than like chief of customer services passed. The, the, it presses the power button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, he, and the power he's, is he's, then given to the computer to make that decision when you apply for a credit card you hear back right away whether you got it or not because ai made that decision for oh, you totally and it's and it's like a bank manager is now the guy that feeds the dog that bites the person if they try to hit the emergency shut up emergency shut off button on the ai <clears throat> or just an algorithm you know it's not even really ai and it's the thing that i'm been interested in the last few weeks is you know where we have this new ream of of ai photo filters and ai art and ai writing programs and everybody's freaking out about you know kids in university using ais to write first drafts of their papers and stuff like that um why on earth are we putting effort into creating ai that does the job that humans would love to do, which is be creative and make art mm-hmm. instead of the shitty, shitty toil. <laughs> well, what do you think of the, the, like, um, so like the argument was always like when you were in school, when you were in school as a kid and you like had your calculator, they were like, you're not always going to have your calculator right on you. <laughs> and now, yeah, everybody always has a calculator right on them all the time. Cause it's right in our phones. So, uh, oh yeah, man! If if we like ever have the solar flare that uh, that knocks out all the electronics, we're we're quite fucked. The the movie I most want to see a remake of uh, right now is uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one, mm-hmm. because we now live in a society where you really don't actually need to read. Well, they, they Dury, how they, do I get to the grocery store? Didn't they really just redo that a couple of years ago on HBO? Oh, did they? I think well, they did it as a series. Up. I, I didn't I didn't watch it, but I remember seeing commercials for it. I hope it's as good as the one in my head because I, I think using technology, you could make a really cool Fahrenheit 451 if you incorporated that into it. But you know, you never know. I I, I thought that uh you know, like 15, 20 years ago when they remade the Thomas Crown affair, I was like, oh man doing that but instead of like landlines and phones and lights and faces so you can't see each other you just use you know like smartphones and shit like that oh it's gonna be the best thomas crown ever and it was the shit was was that that was pierce brosnan right (laughs) 
Yeah, who's uh, who's charming and from what I hear, a super super nice guy. But uh, I never saw the movie. Was yeah. he was an, art, an art thief or something in that? Was that the the whole? Yeah, it, the whole plot. It, it, of if if you watch one Thomas Crown affair, watch Faye Dunaway and uh, and Bullet. What's his name? <laughs> the original one. <laughs> I I don't know. What? Yeah. How long ago was that? Oh, the originals from like the sixties, oh, but it's yeah. great. It's it's where a guy organizes these elaborate heists using people that never meet each other. So it's like your job for like five thousand dollars is to walk into this room at exactly this time and turn the light switch off. What else do I have to do? That's that's your whole job. And, and everybody has no one novels. thing they do that ends with this dude heisting money jewels whatever did you so see great, that great idea do us. you watch rick and morty i fucking love rick and morty did, did you see the heist con episode oh yeah everything was a heist. yeah you son of a bitch Reverse <laughs> any 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 episode that uh that brings back mr poopy butthole is uh is essential yeah. canon to me no. <laughs> Did you watch season six? Did you watch the newer ones? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that they're um, up in the risk factor of a lot of their stuff. You Did know, because the... <laughs> to, to me, like, and I'm sure I'm sure there are some people that in 20 years are going to think it's where it jumped the shark, but it's where I got super duper duper interested is when they did the story train episode. And then they brought it back. And then they brought it back this season. Yeah, with the, with the, 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 the story, story master, master guy, uh, dude. Pissmaster is like instant classic. That whole episode, oh. inst I was like, boom! This one is, uh, this is jumped up yeah, to it's, being it's, like one of my it's favorite the season episodes. Season six, Pickle Rick. Yeah. Uh, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and it's um, it's 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 weird because there, there there seems to be some people making hay out of. Uh, uh, Justin Royal Roiland's um, 2020, I guess he had some woman accused him of domestic assault and it's kind of just going to trial now or whatever. So there's a lot of people freaking out that uh, Rick and Morty might only get one more season. And it's, I mean, we could, it's sorry. I've segued us into uh can you ignore the artist and just enjoy the art conversation? Does, does canceling exist? I feel like, I feel like I had a, a handful of balloons and you just threw a dart at every single one of them. Well, I mean, it's, it's unproven and he was accused like five months after the alleged I, incident. I, I, I'm, I'm so. fully, I'm fully about, um, I'm fully about, separating the art from the artist on this one because Rick and Morty's my favorite thing. I, um, I, I, it's, it's really, uh, it's really not like the, I think culture's opinion of it is like, well, okay, this he's accused. So boom, it must be, it must be absolute that that's the case. But like, Every everybody's made mistakes, and everybody's like, I, I don't think, I don't. Yeah, think I'm, I'm one of those rare people where I, 
I don't actually believe cancel culture exists. And I think for a brief window, uh, you know, commissioners and programmers and stuff like that <clears throat> were afraid that it was real. So they made a couple of choices um, that they had to walk back later, you know, like firing, firing James Gunn temporarily from, uh, from guardians of the galaxy for, uh, for, for an AIDS joke that actually was a little bit funny. Um, (laughs) you know, what's, uh, what, what, what was the, the, the joke? It was, um, my grandmother always told me that laughter is the best medicine, which is why I always laugh at AIDS patients was the joke. And it's it's dark. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna isolate that, and I'm gonna yeah. get you canceled for it. <laughs> You're gonna get me canceled. Yes, uh, it's it's dark. Yeah, I, but you know it's uh, you know like dark comedies like food. Not everyone gets it. Um, but 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 they freaked out about it. And sometimes and there's no canceled. great rewards yeah. without great risks. And that joke was yeah, an totally. entire ri- that, risk. That was that was that was a a, a great risk. Mm-hmm. But they, they, he got to direct it. Now he's in charge of DC. You know, he's, he's bigger than he ever was. And like Louis CK got canceled. He's playing Madison square garden next Saturday. Like, right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I don't think cancel culture actually exists. So, well, I think, I think that people had time to think about the Louis CK thing and they were like, Oh shoot. That's a, that's a kink. And now we're shaming him for it. We're kink shaming yeah, this guy. Oh, let's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna twist ourselves all the way around to try to overcorrect everything so that we forget about how mistakes are made and how we can fix the mistakes and dig ourselves and learn the lessons that we're supposed to learn because like we're too busy going like you're bad, you're the bad, you're <laughs> the bad one. And it's like, hey, 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 you're you're you got shit going on too, buddy. Like these these other fingers here, they're pointing right back at you when you're pointing at us. You got other shit going on. There's something. Well, there's- yeah, and I and I think people have also had some time to sort of reflect on the real nature of of things like identity politics. And we we were talking before, if uh, you know, joking about addressing. My uh, my neighbor up the street here, uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, who's you know terrified of political correctness and cancel culture and um, you know enforced speech and all of the whatever fun phrases he's he's using right now, um, and he sees it as the great demon of the left, um, and I've always disagreed with uh, with Jordan. Uh, even though he married two really good friends of mine, like I, I don't have any personal beef with the guy. He's just wrong about a bunch of this stuff. Um, identity politics is not a leftist thing. Leftist ideology is about solidarity and saying, if we all work together, we can achieve, we can achieve this big thing and we can share in the benefits of it. Right-wing ideology is about the individual, right? Ayn Rand. famous phrase, rational self-interest, right? Rational selfishness. And that's what identity politics is. It's it's me and I want this now for myself. 
And that doesn't make it bad. Now, just like it doesn't necessarily make conservatism bad because it's led to a lot of great things, civil rights movement, women getting to vote, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. But it's, it's not really a leftist thing. And when Jordan talks about like enforced language, being forced to use pronouns and stuff like that, freaking out about pronouns. And it's like, dude, you're a university professor. There have always been like enforced deportment in a university setting. If you walked into a class and said, I'll take a question from uh, uh, the shifty looking Jew and then, uh, <laughs> then, uh, you know, the, then the fat chug next to him. You better expect to be in the fucking dean's office right. having someone go, fucking don't do that or I have to fire you. <laughs> you know, that that can't possibly be a, a surprise or a new phenomenon. There's just new slurs that we've added to the list, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, Dude, in, in a. Uh, it's uh, let me let me. Uh... <laughs> Please feel free uh, to retort. It's only interesting so, if we argue. So. <laughs> recently like yesterday this this guy that i work with said uh oh i gotta i gotta i gotta leave i gotta leave early because i got i'm going to get my eyebrows waxed and he was like i gotta leave early because uh the the chinks place closes at six is what he said and i was like i I, I i i was like and then he went oh sorry sorry he sorry to everybody else who's in the room, sorry, sorry. And then, like, and then the boss lady was like, dude. And then and he was like, I said sorry. <coughs> I, I said sorry. Uh, and then, and then they started talking about how recently, within the last couple years here in Philly, there was a cheesesteak place, and it was some guy, some guys who some guy whose nickname was Chink, and he was not Chinese, but they named the place. They named the place Chink's Cheesesteaks, and they had to re—they had to rename it to something else. And I don't even know—I never even really, never really bit into that story, or never really invested enough of my effort or energy into finding out any more about that. But the then they started talking about, then they started talking about it, and then the lady who just yelled at him for saying it, then went, "Oh yeah, Chink's used to be my favorite cheesesteak place, and then they changed the name, like." What are we doing? Distracted with cheesesteak. <laughs> what are we you, doing? You may have just told the most Philly story about political correctness <laughs> right. that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, the, and then the kid goes, "Yeah, it used to be good." And then they had to change the name when everyone got all butthurt about racial slurs. I'm like, everyone just got butthurt about racial slurs, you dickhead. Everyone's always been butthurt about racial slurs. It's not brand new. <laughs> Although uh, be being of Ukrainian descent, uh, it is kind of new to me to have Ukrainians be considered like cool, courageous, intelligent people. Mm. Kind of, you know, I, I wish that could have happened without a massive uh, genocidal war, but mm. uh, cool. <laughs> cool. Zelensky. <laughs> um, good guy. Um, no, I, I, I kind of dig um, the challenge to my own perceptions that Zelensky is because <coughs> I, I shit so hard on the Americans electing a game show host as president mm -hmm. and being, you know, surprised when 
he had no idea what he was doing. He was he was great for Canada because you know he 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 got to do the 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 scheduled renegotiations of NAFTA, and we got to send you know a Rhodes Scholar that was the editor of the Economist for a decade to negotiate with. You know, this fucking orange chimp. It was wonderful for Canada. But Dude. but I spent a lot of time hacking on America for electing Trump. Did you see Santino but then, Andrew- But then the Ukraine elects a comedian, a, a sitcom <laughs> actor, and he's fucking great. Well, so I'm like, oh, like- man, I'm, my own prejudices are being thrown back in my face because now it's, now it's a guy I like. So it's okay <laughs> to... to Elect celebrities. <laughs> yeah, as as long as it's what you like, and then yeah, you know then, what? what I, then it's then I'm fine with it. If it's yeah. if if it's somebody you don't like, yeah. Oh yeah. Why, why yeah, celebrities? Yeah. Eh. But if it's one of the ones you like, sure. <laughs> All you, jokes aside, in a democracy, people from every profession should be able to be elected to public office. There should be teachers, playwrights, metal workers, lawyers, doctors, welfare moms. Everybody should uh, get a get a kick at the can. Well, The Rock might run, right? Isn't that, isn't that a rumor? <laughs> really? That's a that was a rumor on SNL. It was a joke. I probably uh, where he, for for what and where? It was like it was like he when he was hosting. Part of his monologue was him saying that he was going to run with. Tom Hanks as his as his uh, vice president, <laughs> and uh, everyone went, "Oh, he's doing it! Oh, The Rock! Like he's not going to announce it on SNL, and Tom Hanks is not going to be a vice president. It's not <laughs> take everything so seriously." Because he he was born in the states, right? He wasn't born up here. Who The Rock? I think. Yeah. He, I think, yeah. I. I because his I'm his not... dad is like an old school like Haligonian family from uh, from up here, so hmm. from uh, from the East Coast. Yeah, he's he's like the Atlantic and the Pacific came together and created like the perfectly jacked human being. Well, uh, it's also um, there's that the show Young Rock, the sitcom, is about him in the future running for president and him. <laughs> The story, him telling the whole like narrative of the show is it's him sitting down with a reporter telling the story of his life because the reporter is uh interviewing him because he's running to be president. Oh man, I may I may have to watch this. How how how, how far how far have they gotten so far? How how old is Young Rock? I don't watch the show. I, I, <laughs> yeah, neither, I, neither do I. Uh it's 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 like um it's such a it's such a it's such a weird dramatization of and 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 from everything I've heard it's like really inaccurate and stuff. Of course it's inaccurate because it's I've I've, it's I've always Hollywood. wanted I've always wanted somebody to hunt down and interview the guy that cut him from the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? You couldn't have you couldn't have done something in the Canadian Football League with this guy? You had to you had to cut him from the stamps? <laughs> in, in the 80s when they were you know constantly losing to to my hometown oh, jesus <laughs> uh, dude there's when i left work today this guy was like all right have a good weekend go eagles and i was like 
Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's, he was like, uh, not, it's just not your giant football palooza down there, isn't it? It's like not not a not a big Eagles fan. I'm like I'm not a not an Eagles fan, but I don't really care about I I I've invested a lot of my time and effort into other things besides uh, some game. I'm well. I mean, you're a sports entertainer. I mean. Mm-hmm. It it'll never you'll never be able to make unplanned sport as interesting as you can. Um, well, well, like I mean, cooperative I, performative improv sports. Uh, you know? Well, I think that everything is kind of a work. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, not everybody knows about it, but I think eh, it's, it's kind of a work. Yeah. Like, I, you have, is UFC a work? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think everybody knows it, but I think some do. <laughs> I mean, I saw an Al Snow shoot interview where he was talking about when he uh, when he was uh, he would walk Dan Severin to the octagon. And he was uh, like, who's who's a, a friend of mine. We, we love Dan Severin. He's he's a he's a funny, cool, good dude. I like Dan a lot. Yeah, he also he also listens to every episode of this podcast. He's one of the, the top subscribers. He comments on all the YouTube videos. Uh, good, Dan Severin, good. You're hey, a beast, hey, bro. <laughs> you're a beast. I, I, ho- I hope you listen to this on the on the big drive between uh, between your gym and your university. There, I bet, dude. I bet he's awesome. I, I mean, I've never met him. No, Severin's a super cool guy. I he's bet. Really I bet nice he's guy. great. Yeah. Uh, but but Al Snow was told a story about like packed arena. The 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 they the good guy beat the bad guy and sent everyone home happy. And it's like, do you think that they'd pack that building again had they not sent the good guy home? Like, or had they not sent everybody home? <laughs> what he's like, eh, eh. <laughs> I <laughs> see. I always my 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 favorite my favorite Dan Severn story is actually about Al Snow. Yeah, how, how he sort of like put in you know a, a, applied to to be a part of the of the ufc because he was you know a high level like college wrestling coach down in the states and was like the the man in that world and when he actually got into the ufc he uh, convinced al snow to teach him how to punch <laughs> so they had they had two of them sharing one pair of boxing gloves with uh <laughs> with Dan trying to learn how to throw a punch from Al Snow. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> that's awesome. And that's and that goes to show you how cool Dan Severn is because he freely tells that story. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which I, I mean I also I mean I've I've um been a big fan of Al Snow over the years as well. Like his shoot his shooting interviews have meant tons and i he'd definitely be somebody like who i'd go that'd be a dream get for the podcast and i want to have a sit down and chat with him well in terms of a guy that seems to really get the psychology of performance you know that's that's a dude and I've, i've always pushed for the idea that there should be more overlap between like theater and and wrestling and improv and wrestling and stuff like that, where it's just like, man, like you got a guy that can't cut a promo, send him to take like fucking improv classes for six months. He'll come what up. Did, and what did you think about? Uh, run laps around uh, people. 
about Jericho wanting to put wrestling in the Olympics or something like pro wrestling, put, in, the pro wrestling in the Olympics. Did you hear about I mean, that? It's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a ha ha thing, but man, a figure skating is and diving is, I mean, mm-hmm. these are all choreographed demonstrations of athleticism. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why not get trampolinings in the summer Olympics? Why not? Well, I think the mainstream, the mainstream, and 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 I I get I get up on a soapbox about this. The mainstream uh, non wrestling fan just they they think wrestling is like embarrassing. They think wrestling is uh, dude. I, I I made I made an entire film about this. The match it, people mm-hmm. that don't like ballet don't malign the entire art form and the people that do you don't see non-ballet fans going those stupid ballet fans actually think that chick's a swan what are they (laughs) you know like (laughs) you you never see that but people that dislike wrestling malign the art form and the fans and and minimalize the shit out of us and and uh, as JR would say, they fat shame. They fat shame wrestling. They fat shame wrestling fans. And they and it's not not literally fat shame, but it's like the same kind of fat, the same kind of shame that they throw on fat people. Like, oh, like you know, you're unhealthy. Like somehow something's wrong with us for liking the things that we like. And it's and it's and it's the other thing that I find very interesting is, you know, when 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 the majority of my career was still live theater and I was directing and performing in live theater, I used to love throwing elements of pro wrestling into fight scenes in plays Mm -hmm. (coughs) because they always got a massive, massive pop. And the image that I always have, the moment that I always remember is performing at Theater Epsilon in Prague uh, at the invitation of the Vice Regal, representing my nation in Europe in a room full of people immaculately dressed, some of them even in tuxedos like the president of the National Bank. And when I threw a garbage can at Trevor Duplessis' head and he started shooting hockey pucks at me before I kicked him in the nuts. They were popping so hard. It wasn't even funny. They fucking loved professional wrestling when it was in a big soft seat theater with a balcony and had that sort of stamp of propriety about it. And it's like, man, like most theater dude, if something leaves your hands and isn't attached to anything, people can't believe what they're watching. It suddenly becomes super real to them. It's 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 insane how how much people love, you know, uh, a, a garbage can shot <laughs> or, a, <laughs> or or a drop toe hold or something like that on stage. Yeah, the the <coughs> um, the amount of like ignorance that that non wrestling fans or um, or just like common people like com. It, it, it's it's really it's really funny to have someone come up to me and be like, "Hey, is it as fake as I think it is?" 
I'm like you already you already think you know the answer to what I'm going to say like and you posing it to me in that type of way uh is incredibly insulting um let's say and i i make this point many times on the show i've said like okay i've been doing this i've been i've been pursuing this dream it is something i've loved my entire life i've spent more time alive being a wrestler than i have spent not being a wrestler you calling this fake and you minimalizing this and you <laughs> like it's nothing is you minimalizing me you calling but me fake but it's like, but it's but it's also that like applied to anything else yeah applied to anything else the ridiculous of it is in sharp relief like come on all those dancers know where they're gonna go before they even come on stage <laughs> you know like like as if that that guy knows that Tony's not going to stab him in West Side Story. It's not, and 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 when he stabs him, it's like a fake knife. Dumb. Like, and any any other art form, if you applied that level of criticism, it would clearly demonstrate that you are a simpleton. <laughs> so the Rock never fought. Fought gigantic gorillas, and he never flew a yeah. helicopter. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you think? Oh, we believed everything he did in the ring, so we must believe that he's really flying a helicopter through Los Angeles. We must really believe that he's battling a gigantic gorilla, and we must really believe that uh, what other uh, that he's in a video game. The Rock is in a video game. Kiss. Kiss decided which songs they were going to play before the concert started. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so you did say you wanted to do some, you wanted to break some news in uh, in regards to wrestling <laughs> that I, I, I didn't I, I even know. I better not be breaking this, but uh, no, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even know. No, Major League it, Wrestling. I mean, you're ML, kind of breaking ML. it to me because I didn't know. Yeah, MLW got a TV deal with uh, they're going to be on Reels, um, which is great because the Reels guys, uh, I've 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 met the, uh, the the head of programming there a few times. I'm not sure if it's still the same guy because I haven't talked to them in a few years. But what a cool group of dudes, and uh, and yeah, they're kind of like a family owned network over there. So I'm not I'm not familiar with Reels. It's uh, I mean, it's 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 going to be in your higher cable numbers numbers in most of the U.S. But they're uh, they're they're based out of um, God, they're based out of somewhere really weird. Even though their sort of mandate is like Hollywood, you know, lifestyle kind of stuff, uh, they're based I think out of like San Antonio or something weird like that. They're not in New York or L.A. though, so they're kind of they kind of march to their own drum. They're, 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 they're interesting. They're interesting dudes. I think, I think it'll be a really cool match. And I think wrestling will be good for them and they'll be good for wrestling. They'll actually try and push it. <clears throat> I, I do want to see, I do want to see whatever's best for the wrestling business. You know, um, I, I, I talk about, you know, I've, spent all this time of my life and I, and I'm not saying like I'm anywhere close to done. 
who knows when I'm done, but I'm saying like, I want to, I want to see the business do well. I want to leave it better than I found it, you know, but uh, I found it in the attitude era. So uh, I, I don't know if it'll ever get better. <laughs> <laughs> but if it well, gets just, if it gets we, uh, good again, I want to be a part of that good. <laughs> this this is something. Uh, I, I I hope Bret Hart doesn't watch you every week because oh, every this, single every single week, yeah, yeah. every single one of watches and comments. Uh, he texts he texts me he texts me every time. Good show, bro. Good show, bro. Okay, so I good show, I, dude. I I really like Brett. I really like Brett's kids. Blade in Dallas, super cool guys. Daughters are like. Nice as hell. So uh, they're all big supporters of mine. I, I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate so, their support of me. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Our family. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So, thank you, thank so you. we 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 had Blade on season two of Going Native because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Brett's first wife, uh, Julie, was indigenous, and uh, and his kids identify as as indigenous, and most of them actually. Uh, like work on the Siska Reserve just outside of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we so we featured Blade as as an artist on an episode that we did about like indigenous pop artists, like who the really cutting edge cool guys are. And Blade is super super cool. So you know we we went to we went to Brett's mansion there where he's built like a studio in his garage that that he and Blade will like do art in, and we. Yeah, we focused on Blade, but of course we did a bit with Brett because he was nice enough to do it with us. And like, anytime Brett's willing to sit down and give you 20 minutes, you say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And and Jesus, he did it on his anniversary too, to his, to his, his current wife, who's a super cool, super smart, beautiful, neat lady too. Um, we don't get a ton of network notes on the show. The show is popular on the network that it broadcasts on in Canada. You know, we're, we're on basic cable up here and, you know, it, it, it does well. But one of the network notes we got was, can you cut this Brett guy back a whole bunch? <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't seem to like fit with the show. <laughs> they, they had no idea who he was. I had no clue who he was. Oh, and I'm like, God. are you, are you, are you, are you insane? Like, did yeah, you yeah. say, did you say to them, like, do you know who this guy is? Like, uh, you know what? I'm not the one that actually sent the email back because, okay. <laughs> uh, because everyone stepped in when they saw my reaction, I think. And we're like, no, nah, dude, you can't just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I would ever be mean because, uh, APTN or networking Canada are the best. They're the coolest. They're the nicest people. I freaking love them. They're a, they are some of the easiest people to work with on the planet. They're awesome. They're, they but don't listen to the show. You don't. You can say they probably how you don't really feel. No they, don't, they, don't, they don't listen to the no show. You can say that. you can say how you really feel. Kurt. No, I, I I genuinely do love them. <laughs> but but it was just play. sort of like, dudes, that's Breath the Hitman Hart. He's doing us a favor by agreeing to be in our show. We're not doing something nice for him. He's doing something ridiculously cool for us and the only note we should have be getting is please thank brett for us and send him a jam basket of gratitude (laughs) for being nice enough to take time out of his life to be on your show with his son (laughs) 
But yeah, if you ever get a chance to check out Blade Hearts artwork, wrestling fans that might also dig pop art, super, super, super cool artist. Well, I, I only, I'm only familiar with him uh, from the Wrestling with Shadows documentary. So, uh, yeah, I'm well, he's, as hell. he's he's grown up since then. He's he's not the same little kid. Oh darn! Shit. Yeah, they're, Who'd they're, have they're, they're all grown ups now, and actually, uh, uh, Dallas uh, and Blade and and. And Mo, Brett's kind of like uh, adopted godson, Mo Jabari, who's kind of a great young wrestler. I um, have started promoting indie shows in Calgary. Cool. Yeah. And so like Brett's yeah. actually, I think, kind of maybe like silently taking the book on a, on a little indie up in Canada. Oh, right. With, uh, with, his, with his family. So I guess he's not that big of a fan of me. He would be using me if he, man, I thought, I thought, I thought you were my supporter. You're gonna bring me up. Come on, man. I'll 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 I'll, I'll I'm, not I'm you, not you. I'm talking directly to Bret Hart right now. <laughs> who's who's a big fan of my show. He listens every week. <laughs> uh well Jesus, who 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 made event at their last show? Last show, uh Harry, of course, uh, uh David Boy Smith Jr. Uh mm -hmm. and Nick Aldis were the cool were the main event for the last show. They did. So, I mean, they're kind of in that phase of like running quarterly kind of new indie kind of thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And they're like, they're running in the big old pavilion where their, where their grandpa used to promote like back in the eighties. Oh, cool. Like That's awesome. Owen and dynamite and, and, uh, and all those guys. So it's... Yeah, I, dude, I, I have to say, man, I always, always a huge Bret Hart fan. Like, uh, and I think that was like any any reasons that I always wanted to like I've always wanted to like do do some matches up in Canada just to say like oh I worked up in Bret Hart territory. Oh dude, I mean make it happen. There's 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 like an indie wrestling explosion in Alberta right now. Oh yeah. There's like eight promotions running in a you know in a province of four million people. It's 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 insane. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's a, uh, it's it's fun to see. I mean, it's uh, we're pitching right now a series on indie wrestling in Alberta that I worked on with uh, with um, a film production company out of Vancouver. So, cross Have cross you... my hands. Hopefully, I'll get to go back to Calgary and film with a bunch more of the wrestlers out there. And Have, have you ever done any work with? Um... A tribe called Red, or uh, or hallucination is what they're called now. Um, <coughs> funny you should say that. Uh, a tribe called Red wrote the theme song for our show. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I love that group. I listen to them all the time in my car. Stadium Powwow is a fucking great song. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. dude. I, uh, and they're huge wrestling fans. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would love to have them on my show. I've, I've we, actually... we haven't I, we haven't gotten them on my show yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get them on your show first. <laughs> no, we, we 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 really we really tried to get them for um, <clears throat> well for a music episode we did in first season, but mm -hmm. uh, they were kind of on hiatus at the time and okay. kind of doing their own thing. So we did we did we did a crazy the thing that we did instead is we took a drum from like the Hyde 
being turned into a drum, being like evaluated by the percussionist for the, you know, the symphony orchestra to a hip hop artist that sampled the drum and then dropped a track at a club. <laughs> well, um, I used to use just like last year or two years ago, perhaps uh, I used to use a, a tribe called red song and uh, I, coming to the ring. I used to use a, a, a one of their songs, and then I, then I got a, then I got a are, new song. Are you song. are you indigenous? No, I've I'm never not. asked you this. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I no, they're just deep, cool as hell. Yeah. Deep, deep respect, deep love. Uh, I, I, I'm. Uh, I, 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 I don't. I don't think I identify as anything. So I, yeah. I, I really just pick my favorite parts from everything and, and appropriate it into who I am. No, just. Oh, dude, that's that's my thing too. Is like I I. I'm a white guy that likes to make stuff with my friends and not all my friends look like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, cause I feel like, I feel like planting a flag anywhere to say that I'm this makes me inflexible to become anything besides what I, this is. So that's um, the, the whole idea of the drum that I play in the beginning of our show. Oh, that is a skin drum. Is it not? Yes, it is a djembe. Yes. Yeah. The the entire the entire reason for this is it represents consistency. And I want to stay consistent in every single thing that I do. So, um I actually I actually beat that drum and I bring that drum with me to the ring before all of my matches and I say that this is more this is more of a of a ritual, this is more of a ceremony, this is more sacred to me than any religion you could try to pretend that you are or pretend that I am because what I do here is more important than anything I'm doing every other day of the week. Just like going to mass. Love it. Love it. I, I, uh, I spent two seasons as the, uh, the, uh, the resident white guy in the African theater ensemble in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, I, the the deportment of entering an event and being announced by the talking drum and like man my 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 my, my nigerian and kenyan uh, and even jamaican brothers and sisters power and love to you guys such <clears throat> yeah uh, yeah that was that was a great fun wonderful time of my life where i got to work with some of the god the most brilliant people I just I just want to continue to be somebody who anyone would feel safe to to be who they are exactly who they are around me and and maybe um, maybe they can learn lessons from me and maybe they can teach lessons to me and I can I can grow and we can grow together and that's part of what evolving is for me <laughs> that's why I'm sticking to Dude, that audi audiences can smell authenticity. You know, like they, 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 they can sense when someone's kind of full of shit, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah they can smell it. Yeah. Yeah. That guy works out. Doesn't necessarily shower, but he sure fucking works out. Um, <laughs> no, and it's like, some people are inevitably going to, you know, not dig the cut of your jib, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I love Bret Hart. I think he finds me frivolous. 
I'm a I'm a huge fan of and I'm very inspired by uh, Mitch Hedberg. Do you know who Mitch Hedberg is? Oh yeah, one line comedian, of course. Yeah, he yeah. he has this bit when he goes, uh, "You can't please all the people all the time." And last night, all those people were at my show. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of things that I take like I'll, I'll take like I said I take little pieces of things and I incorporate them into like. This was supposed to be a joke, but I find this to be a metaphor for what life is. So M Mitch Hedberg also, and I say it, I've said it on the show a bunch of times. Mitch Hedberg has a joke where he talks about like as good as you as good as you want to be at tennis. Like you could practice all day, you can you could be you can get real good at tennis, but you'll never be as good as the wall. <laughs> so I, yeah. I look at that and yeah. I talk about like when there's people who are kind of complicated in life. Like they're the wall. I'm trying to play tennis against the wall on these people. And and I the 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 comparison I always make is I say like playing tennis against the wall is basically like if I think I'm winning this game, I might as well take my tennis ball and just throw it onto the roof of the building where that wall is. And instead of instead of wasting these, there's only like three balls in this can. You know what? I'm gonna put the ball back in the can and I'm gonna go take it and play somewhere else. <laughs> well and uh you know perfect metaphor for you know political discourse and whatnot you know right. yeah I, I was thinking about that the other day uh though you know is is there a moral responsibility to to to, to pound the sand to knock your head against the wall um with certain people because it it you know, I was, I was arguing online with uh, a convoy person, <laughs> which uh, sadly I think might be a distinctly Canadian thing. These are the, uh, the guys that blocked the borders and were, mm -hmm. you know, driving around with trunks full of guns, which is a very unusual thing in Canada and all that stuff that are <coughs> like militantly opposed to public health measures and anti-vaxxers and, and whatnot. And, uh, and it occurred to me that I think a lot of those people think that way more people agree with them than do because most people just kind of roll their eyes and don't feel like wasting their time with them. <laughs> Which... there, there's another thing, dude, another thing that I say, and I, and I think, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> if, if, if you can, if you can, if you can apply this to anything, please do. My grandmother. She, she was in her, she was in her seventies or her eighties or something. And she, whenever she would talk about FedEx, she would call it FedOx and people would correct her every time. And I would say, stop correcting her. Like she's, she's already con convinced and committed that, that this is what it is. It's called FedOx. You're going to make the joke that there, there's packages and they're wheeling it on a, on an ox. I get, make the jokes. Sure. But like, She's she's not gonna let that's not gonna think <coughs> because she's already all the way convinced she's got the muscle memory with her words that that's what's coming out. So and like, who knows I, how much fun grandma gets out of uh, fucking with people by saying FedOx, right? And, and a lot of times when anything <coughs> is like like somebody is uh, Im, Im, imbudgeable, you know what I mean? You can't you can't budge them in a thing. And <laughs> just go, I just go, I just go, I just go, FedOx. I'll just say FedOx, like, oh, you're so already dying on that hill. You're already 
all the way feet in the feet in the in the dirt. You're not moving. Uh, FedEx. It's like, all right, you're 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 too old to change. You you, you don't. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 one of those things that's easy to judge until you find out you have one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, my uh, my lovely English girlfriend, who talks so pretty, immaculate, immaculate, talk imitator, um, has pointed out that I say dwaddle, dwaddle. instead of doddle. Hmm. Hmm. God is my witness. I thought the word was dwaddle and had to look it up to settle the argument to find out that You're I was wrong. entirely wrong. It yeah. is it, the word is in fact doddle. And what and, context and knew, were you using the word? I hate that when she called you out on a sidewalk <laughs> while these people dwaddling off the plane. Like anytime there's somebody. <laughs> Dwaddling in front of you. Well, well um, this is kind of it's kind of mixed with with waddle, waddle it? and dawdle. You dwaddle, yeah, yeah. You know it's and uh, <laughs> you know it's uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. So now I I do say dawdle now, uh, unless I'm around my girlfriend, then I absolutely <laughs> say dwaddle, just to uh, watch a really really nice woman who does nothing but look after me get angry. <laughs> why, why, why do we do these things? <laughs> it's, it's okay. To be, it's okay to be wrong sometimes, you know, like if you yeah. were, if you were never, if you were never corrected in being wrong, then how did you know you were wrong? Right? Yeah. It's like, no, who, I feel stupid. Else? Why did, why were you so mean as to tell me? <laughs> I wouldn't have felt stupid if you hadn't told me I was stupid. God damn it. <laughs> Remind me one more time. Am I stupid? <laughs> and look at look at that. I just I just did a Kushmenko voice because you know I'm I'm used to uh I'm used to U- Ukrainsky people being treated as uh, stupid backwater people. And we're not anymore. We're cool. Can you say that warriors. can you say that word one more time? Kushmenko? Oh Kushmenko. It's uh Kushmenko? I I'm super... unfamiliar. Sorry, that's a super regional, uh, regional word too. That's not even Ukrainian. That's that's regional slang for, uh, you know, like bumbling Ukrainian. It's it's dropped my pierogies. <laughs> it's like a, I it's, made it's... a new solar powered flashlight for my submarine. I better open the screen door, go inside and try it. You know, like uh, Kushmenko. <laughs> I guess that's kind of like a like a, a hick kind of like they do, like for southern people they do. The, oh yeah, you my dirty dirty. Like they just, they just any any southern person's accent automatically registers that you're doing an impression of an idiot. And I, God, I feel sorry for. I feel uh, really southern, sorry for that. For, for, for oh, educated yeah. Southern people. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's, that's that's I... absolutely the case. It's a, it's a. Well, I think I, I think we should, uh, we should uh, separate. We should uh, split the atom by bombarding the nucleus with neutrinos. Uh, I think we should hit it with a hammer. Oh, I'm going with the English guy. He sounds like he really knows what he's doing. <laughs> Did, yeah. Have you have you have you been watching? Uh, or listening to Dax's Dax Harwood's podcast? No, another guy who apparently really loves birthday. 
part. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he's he's breaking the stigma, man. He's really he's really educated and he speaks really well. Ah, oh, cool. So, I'll have to check it out. So check that. It's called FTR with Dax Harwood, I think. But it's it's a good show. It, this show is this show that we're doing right now. It's just me telling you about podcasts that I like. That you should start <laughs> podcasts and shows that we should all be. If you're way up. busy before you listen to 288, <laughs> put all of this in the queue ahead of it. <laughs> put it all. Check First out all that. To watch Ch all six seasons of Rick and Morty and and the 1960s version of the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, yeah. Gotta gotta get on that. Uh huh. <laughs> and and the Fahrenheit show on on hbo gotta check that out yeah gotta check out dudesy holy gotta, motors gotta watch uh, gotta watch holy motors and and is your show is your show that you're that's on basic cable is that available online for people to watch uh i think it might be geo-blocked but if you can get lumi down in the states you can download it for free in canada you should be able to watch all the episodes on lumi um I'm not sure if uh, if all my CBC stuff is still geo-blocked in the States. Because mm. um, I just found out that we've... Uh, it seems like we may have started like a massive social change in Germany with one of the documentaries I made. Because uh, I, I made a film about the German obsession with native people. Yeah. Because um, every summer thousands of Germans go to the countryside and like live in teepees and make tomahawks and sew their own buckskin and stuff. Wow. And uh, yeah, it, and it, as, awesome. as it, it was very successful in Canada, you know, like uh -huh. we, we like beat Simpsons of Family Guy in prime time and stuff. Wow. Did really well. But uh, it's been a huge hit in, uh, in the German speaking world and, uh, yeah. and in Europe and in, and in France and stuff like that. Uh, and countries where they have this winner to obsession. And basically the tone of it was what you're doing is obviously not done with bad intentions, but it's still kind of racist, but really we think it's hilarious and native people in North America think it's hilarious when someone in Bavaria <laughs> goes and lives in a teepee for the summer. And now there's this like whole world of scholarship and this new awakening going on in Germany about like, should, should the Indiana thing really be reevaluated? And it's, uh, hmm. yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I didn't mean to wreck the fun, but like a six foot three blonde haired, blue eyed guy wearing a war bonnet is like, Nah, man, I, I I didn't even like Atlanta calling their team the Braves. Like that shit's uh, way over the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I just um. Well, well, you don't want to wreck the fun because they they weren't doing it maliciously. Right. Yeah. Is the thing like, and that was also a little bit a part of the thing is like, there's transgression, but sometimes there's like teachable transgression. You know, when you go to Germany and you talk to these guys, they're they're just dying for knowledge about what's real. Indiana people think and 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 what they can what knowledge they can share with us. They're they're completely earnest and they're not they're not waking up in the morning going, ah, we're gonna we're gonna put the Redskins in their place. Like, how it's, how it's cool would it be? How cool would it be if I did this like yeah. they do? Right. Yeah. 
It's right. it's not mean spirited at all, mm-hmm. but it's still wildly inappropriate, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and betrays a definite lack of like consciousness of the preferences of indigenous people. So yeah, so apparently like there's a lot of people dealing with that. Now, I mean, I hope we didn't like ruin good intentioned fun too badly. I hope people find a way to sort of. Uh-huh reconcile things and find the find it find a third way or whatever right yeah i i, I think everything is pretty third way and in, in the way i kind of look at things like because i'm i i don't think i don't look at everything as like right and wrong black and white um well and and the, the indigenous reaction to it wasn't monolithic either mm-hmm. um i i, I have a half brother that teaches at an all indigenous school in thunder bay which is in northern-ish Ontario, you know, still in the southern third of Canada, but it's where they fly all the kids from remote communities that are too small to have a high school to go to high school. And for a lot of kids, it's the first time they've been like in a city with paved roads and stuff like that mm-hmm. for more than just a visit. Like off the res, yeah. Off the res. And mm-hmm. there's like a bad racism in Thunder Bay. It's yeah. It's a huge nasty dirty gross problem when these kids watched this show about these german native cosplayers they went europeans think our culture's cool and the self-esteem of these kids was like we love that europeans think we're cool and they had an assembly and showed the film to the entire school and they were like right on (laughs) so the reaction to cultural appropriation was way less universal than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were making the film, I was like, oh man, are we going to get shit on for going too easy on these Germans? Cause you know, we dealt with them with a certain degree of like compassion and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledge that the intention wasn't malevolent and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was still a chance that, you know, we get smoked by identity politics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Never happened. People could tell where our heart was, and they could tell where the heart of these well, people. You were. said people. People can smell sincerity. People can smell the genuine. Yeah. Uh, the intentions weren't to ex- exploit anyone. The intentions are never to exploit from from me either. I mean, that's like I. I, I guess I. I guess I feel bad if anyone takes it that way that i beat this drum but this this drum represents something deeper than just me appropriating something if if you know and 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 the the respect i have for uh native people and for uh first nationers and and the the culture uh, i i've um you know i've sat in ceremony and i i really i really uh I had to learn and cry and hold space with these people. And uh, I don't, I, I don't want to ever offend anybody. And I, I totally and, understand and where you're coming thing, from. Is on that. I think, I think if people can tell that if they went to you and said, this is a really personal thing. I mean, was that a native drum or was that an African drum? I thought it was African. I think it's African. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> If people can tell that if they came to you and said, this is something really personal and really whatever, mm-hmm. um, 
we want to keep it for us or we don't want you to use it unless you take time to like learn the the traditions of it the meaning of it mm -hmm. they can probably tell that your reaction would be yes yes i'm open I, I want to be a part of this i want to be you know i want to be cool with you and this mm -hmm. is so many weird like right-wing uh angry hobby horses assume that that they're arguing with people that are monolithic and totally binary you know and it's it's like like trans people mm -hmm. if you accidentally misgender a trans person and go ah jesus sorry they might have like a witticism that they dispense at that moment but if they can tell that you're seriously not trying to be a dick it's not going to be a big deal you know it's the, the moment will pass and, and you'll carry on because they have the ability to tell when someone is the kind of jackass that means them ill and when someone is just doing their best to navigate an unfamiliar situation <clears throat> but it's portrayed as like this monolithic awful thing and it's you know i i, I know you guys are having this in the states now too people like showing up to protest at like drag queen storybook times mm, yeah. you know and this this idea that there's an entire culture destroying kids and it's like man i grew up watching monty python dudes in dresses was like a huge part of my childhood and the kids only, in the hall yeah yeah the, the only lasting effect it had on me was a, i got a sense of humor mm -hmm. so, something with which apparently people that can't handle drag story time don't have <laughs> you know like Clinger, oh my God, Clinger's gonna turn our kids into communists, you know. Well, I think I think everything, <laughs> everything, everything is not everything is so like broad brush cover cover the entire idea of what this whole thing because there are certain individual circumstances that are completely outliers for every other part of it. So, like, uh, I don't even remember where this was, and I don't. Um, forgive me for not being educated on this, but you know, that whole thing with the, 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 tr the trans teacher, the, the shop class. Yes. Uh, it's uh it's, it's about a 45 minute ride on the go train to, away from uh, my front door here. <laughs> it's like, it's, 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 it's like this level of eggshells, the level of overcorrecting. Like, well, apparently well, that people see that extreme example. Apparently People that see story that is even funnier than we thought it was that that guy had a bit of a history of having a bit of a stick up his ass about pronouns and stuff like that. And he was, he was, he was a bit of a junior Jordan Peterson. Uh, it's just and kind of forcing the it whole being people. trans yeah. thing is kind of like Mr. Garrison's trying to get fired oh, yeah. or is trying to push the policy to a point where they actually have to discipline him. And, then and can the sue. school board and the principal are kind of going like, "No, man, fuck you!" Like you're testing the limits of our of, of our of our tolerance, and go but hard. Like, if you want to like, wear those goofy things all day, bring it, dude. Like they're high school students; they're gonna think you're kind of hilarious, probably. But I feel and like. As a as a shop teacher, that's maybe dangerous. Maybe they go like, "Hey, put your take your earrings yeah, out. Just, uh, don't have a necklace on." Like, as a shop teacher, having big old comically oversized yeah, I mean it's 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 so it's so panto 
that I can't believe anyone's like, oh my God, how will high school students handle that? The way high school students handle anything that's an aberration, you gotta fucking laugh about it. <laughs> but I feel like that 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 put that gives that puts a bad taste in people's mouths for trying to normalize it for people who truly feel that way. Like the same well, way well, but like fake rape, fake rape accusations offend people who really have been raped and are afraid to come out. I feel like but, but I mean, it's, this, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I often feel like on the political spectrum, this is, this is a, a bit of a one way concern, you, you know, where it's like, Oh my God, what if a, a bad taste is placed in people's mouths about all trans people because of this, one guy that is possibly a troll doing this crazy thing. We're not worried what it, what taste it puts in the mouths of, you know, the vast body of people on the left when, you know, a teenage girl with an ectopic pregnancy dies because she can't get a, an abortion, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, 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 how it makes all of us feel about Christianity when we see the Westboro Baptist Church out protesting. You know, the, the onus is on us to go, well, not all Christians are awful, not all, not all gun owners are zealots. And, and I agree, we should actually do that. Most of the gun owners that I know are actually pretty cool, normal, ordinary people like us. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've made a film, you know, I produced a film about cowboy shooting and, you know, met a lot of American gun enthusiasts that were totally lovely, hospitable people. Um, I think we should do that, but I think the other side needs to do that for us now and then too. <laughs> uh. and, and, and accept that like, no, the vast overwhelming majority of gay people aren't Jeffrey Dahmer, right. you know? And it's, you know, we all get snarky sometimes and make jokes about how clergy are more likely to rape someone in a toilet than trans people. But, uh, you know, usually we should be able to just be a little fucking more generous of spirit with each other. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be overnight for sure. And, and it hasn't, <laughs> and it hasn't been quick and it, it still won't be. Well, because... and, and it's, and it's, and it's weird that we live in a time where we're backsliding. And people are getting more tribal and more nasty with, with, with a lot of things. And, you know, it's like we were getting real snarky in Canada about Trump. And then we had a big old convoy that f fucked up our exports. And suddenly we had like shortages of baby shit because you couldn't get cargo across the border from the States. And we all wanted to buy, you know, <laughs> diapers and stuff. And it's, it's, <coughs> It's wild, man. That's you know, the AFD got like twelve percent of the vote in the last German election. Literal Nazis in Germany. Yeah, got like one in ten people voting for them. It's fucking crazy. Kurt, I want to say this to you. I said it yesterday and I, I meant it and I will say it again. Um I I'm I'm stoked we're friends. I want to say this on the record now, make sure that <laughs> this, this 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 part outlives us. I'm stoked we're friends. If I can be a resource to you in any way, if you ever feel like you just need somebody to talk to, you need a friend, 
Please don't ever feel like you don't have friends. I'm here all the time. I'm a phone and call right, away. right back at you, brother. Right back at you, 100%. And one of these days, I have to come down to Philly and see you defend that title. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you have to uh, come up to Canada and, uh, and defend it in Canada. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, you, All right. If if you haven't wrestled a heart, you haven't lived. No, well, I haven't. I haven't lived then. Actually, have you wrestled a heart? There's there's a bunch of them floating around. Nope, never. I mean, I've shared locker rooms with Teddy, but I don't. I never wrestled him. <laughs> I've other other than that. Nope, never wrestled a heart. And I've yeah. shared locker rooms with with Harry as well. But uh, I, I I love Harry. Harry's a fucking big old good guy. And they, they have a new little cousin actually, Matt, uh, who's not so little, <laughs> but uh, uh, Matt Hart, who's uh, doing some really cool stuff. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, and I think Bruce always keeps hoping that one of his boys will take it more seriously because they're both pretty darn good at it. But they just, uh, you know, they got shoot jobs that they that they like as much or more. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the difficult thing. Like most people in the world, when they say they want to be a, a pro wrestler, they go, OK, yeah, but just have a backup plan. The, the, the people they have to have a backup plan uh, that is wrestling. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll catch I'll catch flack for saying this, but I've seen at least one of Brett's kids when the cameras are off getting the ring and bump. They're good. You're going to catch some flack. I'm going to catch some flack for saying some that from flack, flack throwing going around some, some heart flack. But uh, if, uh, if, if any of Brett's kids ever decide to get in the ring, they could go all the way. You heard it here oh. first, folks. <laughs> Brett, Brett's, Brett's here in a, for the first time, right here. This is the first. Well, time. he's he's trained he's trained that Mojibari guy as his kind of star pupil, cool. Kid Chocolate. Well, like, uh, if you get a chance to work with him, he's a he's a hell of a worker. Did you did you know Trent Acid? I did not know him. No, I I, I feel like I know a lot of people that did know him. That okay, really yeah. adored him. Though. Yeah, he was he was he was a he was a Philly legend, man. He was a he he definitely helped me a lot when I was first getting started, and I I was I was happy to be compared to him a lot when I first started. When I first started, everyone was like, "Hey, you're a young Trinacid." Everybody said that to me, and uh, I I'm well, no, it, no, it, no, it, no it, wonder, it went away. Uh, it went away eventually. <laughs> no, no wonder our mutual friend that uh, that introduced us. Uh, what's what's his work name now? Ash. 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 A Ash, that's his work. Name. Yeah, duh, okay. I won't yeah, see a shoot yeah. name then. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not a guy that seems to like using his shoot name as much as uh, most people. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do, man. I don't, I mean, I, I, got I, I, I never get along with my father. So for, for a lot of years, I, uh, I told people that my last name was made up because it sounds slightly fake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds neat. Yeah. Are you really Corey Castle? I've never asked. No, you no, no, no. This is my this is my work name, dude. I made a I made up a stage name like Mr. T did. There you go. <laughs> Do you ever see Key and Peel? Oh yeah, they, yeah. Of course. When they did the, when they did the uh, <clears throat> they did the never make fun of another man's name. <laughs> 
your mama gave you that name unless you made up that name for business purposes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my, my real name is James. I'm I'm not I'm not Corey Castle uh by name in real life, but I'm gonna never not what be what, what made you pick Corey? Were you just like like a huge fan of the Goonies or uh um well um, or the Lost Boys? I'll, I'll get one with two Corys. Yeah, um, and no, it, it actually had nothing to do with that. Um, it was um, I wanted I wanted my gimmick to be when I started. I wanted my gimmick to be that I was like Derek Zoolander. You remember that movie Zoolander, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's like the idiot male model, and I wanted my initials to be CK, like Calvin Klein, so I could put CK on the side of my pants. And so Corey sounded best with Castle, and I was like, oh, there you go. And I got Castle from The Punisher, and I just switched it to a K. <laughs> not, uh, not, 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 uh, not a shoot. Not for my, not for my old fellow Edmontonian, uh, uh, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not from his show. But I, I, I was wrestling before that show was ever out. So oh, there we go. There I, we go. My, my, my wrestling days predated that show ever coming up. <laughs> I still think of him by his work name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first character he ever played when I met him was Howie McChuckski. So in, he's still in, Howie in, McChuckski in my head. What was the, what was that show? Was that? Oh, that was, that was what? like back in the days of like Edmonton theater improv. Oh shoot. Okay. <laughs> back when we were like, we back when we were both at the U of A and he was uh, mm -hmm. uh, dating my friend, Claire. Claire Francis. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, beep, beep. Degrees of separation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 another one of those guys that's like a nerd that got to be like a super fancy handsome guy, so he got to work in all the stuff that he actually liked to consume. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Hopefully yeah. I'm super handsome enough that I can do all the things that I want to do too. Yeah, but he's 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 like a legit nerd guy that you know always had like a reading club and stuff like that yeah, yeah. Uh, good dude good people <laughs> so <laughs> is there is there any uh i'm gonna give you the opportunity um at this point we're just gonna hypothetically say that i've gifted you the show you are the host of this show this has been your pilot episode your your first show evolving with kurt spenrath episode one. First, i'm gonna I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me or say to me anything that you want to ask me or say to me. And then I'll ask you to do kind of like a Jerry Springer's final thought. The most important takeaways that are going to, that are going to help people evolve to a better version of themselves. Help people evolve to a better version of themselves. Right. Get what yeah. inspires like, people. Like, like, ins like, like the right way to put toilet paper in the holder depends on whether or not you want a cat. Right. Yeah. So don't that. argue about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the host right now my question for Corey castle what uh do you have or what would be your vocation if you weren't a wrestler would you would you be some other performing art and if so what um well i think everything i i've always wanted to be i am like uh, I, I always wanted to be a comedian, and I'm doing. I do that. So I thought that before I was ever a wrestler, that I was going to do comedy, and that was going to be 
my vocation, my, my, my craft. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm barely basically an open micer at this point. Uh, <laughs> but I, I still consider myself a comedian and I sometimes get paid for it. So, uh, I'm a comedian. Oh. Sure. Uh, so I, I think, you know, something I've always wanted to do was like motivational speaking. That's always something I've wanted to do. And I don't, I'm not closing it out as it's something I'll never do. Cause I feel like that's still a calling that I have. Uh, uh, I, I do motivational speaking when I, when I drive, it's just like hauling, move your fucking ass over and over again. I'm constantly <laughs> trying to motivate people. Motivational speaking is more like, don't it. be so stupid. Just motivational speaking, right? <laughs> Did you hear my stupid joke that I just made? No, no. Fuck, do it again. I, talked I over said it. more like motoragenal speaking. Motoragenal speaking. Yes. Motoragenal speaking. Break, break <laughs> it down that way. <laughs> so, yeah. So, a, a final thought. Do I, do I need that now? Yeah. Yeah. What is a thing like a Jerry Springer's final thought? It would help the world put, to put know. Little, yeah, put, yeah. A little, put a little bow on everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, it's always hard to have a, a sincere setting motivational thought because uh, every, uh, other people have all had s so many better motivational thoughts. You know, like uh, you know. Hey man, hey man, stop this comparing stuff. Yeah. You, now, don't say other people are better. Don't ever do that. Like, like I don't, don't man. Like, like, a, like there is Kurt, Jack Layton, right? Uh, I'm, love, I'm, I'm, love, I'm, love, love is better than, than than hate. Kindness is better than greed. Kurt, uh, Kurt you're the only you're the only you that there is. So please be as proud of it as you can be. Like no one else has the perspective that you have. So whatever else, whatever anyone else does, that's what they did. That's not what you're doing. What you're doing is you. You have a voice and a perspective. There we go. The uh, the real key to happiness is sending me a check for $19.99. Payable to cash. Uh, no. Um, and, then, and then you'll get a picture of a key? <laughs> no. Uh, ra radical... It's 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 time for a new radical empathy and a degree of ego side. You know, if you're ever feeling depressed, don't kill yourself, kill your ego and devote some time to asking yourself how you may be of service to others and what you can do to improve the world. And uh you know, kindness of heart, kindness of action. It's it's time for that, and it's time to remember that everybody's just trying to do their best. They're trying just as hard as you are to do your best. There's very little actual malice in the world. It's um, who's who's the uh, the German priest Dietrich Bonhoeffer that always made the case that uh, you should never mistake. Um, stupidity for malice. And, uh, and even though, you know, they eventually killed him, he always thought that um, 
Nazis were more foolish and pathetic and, uh, and to be pitied <laughs> rather than people that were full of, uh, they're just idiots, honest they're hatred. Just, they're just dummies. Yeah. It's a big and, old... and, and even, 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 even that implies, uh, you know, conscious malevolent ignorance, which I know it often feels like that happens, but usually people just aren't being careful. I'm, I'm sure that there are at least 10 things that I've said in this conversation that, that are upsetting to someone somewhere. <laughs> but I'd say there, there was probably more than 10 things that were valuable to somebody. Somewhere. Yeah. And, and so, for those 10 things, I'm not saying that because I mean you malice or want to be mean to you or want to hurt you. Maybe I want to change you a little. I'm not going to lie. Rattle but, the cage uh, a bit. But I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate you. I love, I love all of you. Do you do any impressions or maybe, maybe impressions of Muppets? Do I do impressions of Muppets? Yeah. Well, you see, no, because the Muppeteers are very, very highly trained, very highly skilled people. And uh, anyone would be incredibly privileged to work with an actual Henson trained Muppeteer or to pitch a project with Henson trained Muppeteers. Uh, so no, I, I can't do any Muppets. Uh, well, well, and uh, the reason I, I ask is Brian Henson, because I know you watch this. You're cool, man. I like you. You're very authentically. Brian Henson is a fucking dude. Sorry. I swore and referenced Muppets in one sentence. <laughs> Brian, I <laughs> Did you do Mike, Mike Birbiglia's joke about that? Like, he had a whole story on one of his specials where he was talking about like the mic stand fell over like the second he walked out of, and he was like nervous and he was like fuck and he's like <laughs> they hired him to, to play with the Muppets and he had to follow Fozzie and he's like Fozzie's hilarious like he's killing and I have to then follow that and I get up there I'm nervous and I knock the mic stand over and I'm like fuck and he's like a run back to the <laughs> Check out check out Mike Birbiglia's stand-up specials on Netflix. <laughs> that's 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 amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> so the do reason I, I was I asking do, you, do I do any impressions? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, hundreds, but not of anyone you'd ever have heard of. Okay, so what what whatever challenge me to one. Of, I don't know. Okay, whatever whatever you think your best impression is. I normally have the way we close out is I always say. Uh, whatever your best impression is, uh, close out the show the way we close out is me always saying, be fun, have safe, keep evolving. In your best impression. I'm just burning air time here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, best impression. <laughs> At least I'm not a snitch. Hoorah! <laughs> now that's not a good impression. <laughs> that's a terrible impression. Um, Was that Al Pacino? Yeah, I just thought I'd try it. I've never actually tried an Al Pacino impression before. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.
Well, uh, you could have, you could have possibly, you, you're like, this one's going to be my best one I've got. Yeah. I've never tried before, but it's going to be the best one ever. I, I'm, I'm I appreciate that confidence. I'm great at doing impressions of people that it's easy to do impressions of, you know, like, like, like any, any, any voice that like any of the Simpsons voice actors do, mm. you know, like, um, like what's his name in the birdcage? You know, he's so easy to go. They, he's, he's a little <laughs> right, bit of Lucy, a little bit of Desi. You can totally sound like the birdcage guy. Cause the Simpsons yeah. guy has already done that voice for you once and you've heard it, you know? Right, 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 right. Like, so, so even Agador. if you, yeah, Agador, even if you do the impression badly, but they're all they've all got enough of a hook that you know you know my impression is mittens you know like you, you'll know which one they're doing that's 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 that was trump's great doom is he's so impersonable uh, impersonable jesus christ my girlfriend can't watch this now impersonable um <laughs> I, I used to do i used to do an i used to do a joke on stage where i would talk about um i would talk about uh how weird is it that impression like you saying the word impression if you say oh i'm gonna do an impression of somebody then you do an impression of somebody or if you say i'm gonna do an impersonation of somebody and then you do an impersonation of somebody and know somebody knows what you're doing but like in spanish they don't have a word for toes, but we have a we have double words for a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like in Spanish, they say like feet fingies. They're like feet fingies. That's amazing. <laughs> Is that true or are you working me? Yeah, no, that's this is a shoot. Yeah, they, they don't have a word for toes in Spanish. Huh. That's wild. Yeah. It's a romance language. You think it would? Hmm. Yeah, you'd think. Hmm. Get on it. Yeah. Let's, well, let's yeah. create. I'll, let's create a, a Spanish word for toes. I'll I'll I'll, I'll fly to Chile tomorrow. <laughs> Get the best minds on it. <laughs> you dirty rat! You killed my brother. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1? Yes, 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 it was. No, the, the real Michelangelo. Hey, <laughs> you want me to paint the what? Hey. <laughs> you don't like my last supper? My last supper? Too many kangaroos? Fine, fuck you. Ask Da Vinci to do it. Hey, I'm Michelangelo. <laughs> 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 I think there should be some more cowabungas and radicals in in that impression, like Michelangelo. There should be more radicals everywhere. Radical radicals and cowabungas. Yeah. yeah. As far as the eyes can see. <laughs> Who voiced the term the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I wonder. I do not know that. I know that uh Corey Feldman was Donatello. Oh. But I don't know who any of the other voice actors were. The last, the last surviving Corey Feldman. Yeah. yeah and also, well, I believe Corey. He Feldman listens is, to the show. He listens. To I, the show. I, I believe he's just to support other Corys. He's the tallest Goonie, as an adult. Hmm. <laughs> At five five, all the Goonies are very <laughs> small people. Still, <laughs> they they could do a sequel and just cast normal sized people next to them and. Pretend it's only two years later. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, dude, it's been a joy. It's a joy as always. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's let's do this again, and let, let's not wait for five years for the next one. Yeah, yes, it's it's always fun to just riff, and and next time yeah. we can uh, we can actually solve some of the problems of the world. You know, can, maybe, uh, maybe Nick. Maybe. There's my philosophy for you. Read uh, read read more of this guy. America. No what when when you come when you come here when you come here next come to my house and come hang out let's 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 do another one of these in person dude if if, when i come to philly we're hanging a ton yeah you'll you'll have to take me out for a cheesesteak though yeah i'm not entirely sure i've ever had one well they're overrated I, i i feel like Anytime anyone says like, "Oh, what's the best cheesesteak place?" This is advice from a Philly guy to a Canadian fella. And anytime anyone ever asks you what's the best cheesesteaks, they say like Pasadino's. Um, it's normally the corner store. Like if you just call the pizza place down the street from your house and have them bring it to your house, that's probably better than what you're going to get at Pasadino's. And you're not going to spend as much gas money getting back and forth. Is 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 there a, a cheesesteak that's as good as a smoked meat sandwich from Schwartz's? <laughs> I've never had a smoked meat sandwich from Schwartz's. Well, there can... you go, man. You have to come to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you got. We'll, we'll we'll like we'll like go both go fly to the other one carrying one of each sandwich. And get there and have the other one not be there to eat the sandwich. So really, I could just, uh, I could just take the train up to Montreal, go to Schwartz's, and send you a postcard. There you go. Done. Thanks for doing this, Kurt. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this, Kurt. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for your time, your time and your effort that means so much to me. Anybody who's listening, if this is your first time checking out the show, uh, please hit subscribe so you get new episodes every single time. Every single time next week is way more interesting than me. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Fucking hilarious. Sincere. That guy. There you go. Comparing yourselves to fictional characters again. (laughs) It's a fictional character because he doesn't exist. You said like it's necessarily bad. I definitely have a bigger dick than Winnie the Pooh. Celebrate. Stream of consciousness is is very stagnant right now for this one. I'm gonna silly go have old, dinner. Silly old bear. <laughs> like I said, uh, if you ever also anybody listening to this, uh, if you're ever feeling like you're alone and you don't have friends, reach out to me. My DMs are always wide open. Um, you know, I'm here to listen. Don't ever feel like uh, I'm somebody you can't talk to, and I'm not gonna write you back. I, I probably won't respond to like things that just say hey because then i feel like it's probably just a bot or something but just let me know who you are let me know you're genuine and uh that's how i get some of my some of my best friends are people who listen to the show and and reach out to me and tell me how they feel about it uh have a comment want to read a comment that says genuine things (laughs) just uh you know leave a comment down below if you're watching on youtube and uh you know well you know just gonna keep on promoting you being kind and being kinder to yourself. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving.